Um, okay, I gotta show you this. Yeah. New driver? In a week's time. Wow, that is really incredible. I did have to I did have to shell some out for it, but they gave me 30% off. Stealth two plus, no free ads. Is this is this the one that Rory hates? Yeah, he hates it. We were talking about so I got I got yeah. fitted for it. I've never gotten <laughs> fitted for a driver in my life because I have such a bad swing. Okay. So I was like, this isn't gonna help. But I've been working on my swing. Right, um, right. Probably still not worth it. But I go go to get fitted for it. He's like, Yeah. I think it is. Rory hates it. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that's is that he said that? I, yeah, he said it immediately. He's like, Rory's been complaining about it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. I liked it the most. Give me some ping and Strixon. I just like I'm a tailor made guy. Yeah, yeah. I I think that probably that stuff actually really does matter. I mean, even even like back in the day when I was like really, really, really bad and I like first started playing, um, just getting like fitted for clubs and length and grip and all that stuff, like it it does make a difference. My misses on that club were like substantially better than Yep. And again, this yep. is just an ad for like it's their forgiveness thing. It it was crazy for me because I was I would miss it right. on the other clubs and they just go whoop. But this one, just a little block right, really. All right, all right. I just oh, every time I see that club, I just can't stop thinking about the ad with Morikawa where they just they just him Tiger and Rory forgiveness forgiveness. Oh, did, burned into my did memory. You see the Grupo Salinas ad. The, yeah, the one that they played Mexico every the, single commercial every break. Single, one. I I try to find some. Yeah, I I honestly try to find some content on them for the podcast, just because they play. If you were <laughs> yeah, watching Benjamin golf Salinas, this weekend, <laughs> they were playing DJ music in the background. Oh yep. well. All right, should we get started? Tenth. Oh, get him to minus seven with birdies. Oh, is it going to hang there? Now that's down grain. Yeah, walk away, tie your shoe, do something. I mean, it. If it takes. Oh, it falls! It falls! How about that? Wow. What a great moment. Welcome back to episode three of the Pin Seekers podcast. I'm Patrick. That's Jacob. Jacob, how are we? Not too bad. Not too bad. We had some stroke play golf this week, so I kind of enjoyed watching some actual golf. And I'm pretty excited to get really good players on a really good track again this week. Yeah, it should be fun. Did you, by the way, did you hear that intro? Yeah, I heard the whole thing. Do you know what that is? I, I have no you idea. Watch a lot I, of I totally didn't know it. Yeah, yeah, Any I didn't guesses? know it at all. I don't even remember what it was now at this point. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's not even anything special. It was uh, the 2017 PGA Championship. Justin Thomas on the 10th hole 
made birdie and the ball just sat there for I remember that. I remember 20 that. 20 seconds. Yep. Yep. And he was two back at the time. He had a he had, obviously a, he had like a thing. really, really good putt. And it didn't look like it was gonna go in either, if I remember correctly. It stopped and then it slowly started yeah. moving. You hear the crowd. It 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 was much longer than Tiger's, obviously the famous Augusta thing. And it is a really cool clip, but I played it just because it was at Quail Hollow. I um I think that probably Quail Hollow is one of the more memorable tracks on the PGA Tour. So that was a really good tournament. I I remember I was uh I was on Matsuyama that week, I believe, and I I want to say he finished top five or top ten. He was he was there ish. He was leading at this time when during during was that he? JT pot. Oh, he was geez, up. He was up a stroke or two. Yeah. It was his tournament. If that's wrong, I could be wrong. This was six years ago now. So he but. was definitely there. I, I remember him being there. I don't remember. I don't remember being like heartbroken about it. Um, but I do remember. I remember JT started off with a bogey. And he wasn't in the final group. I think I Matsuyama maybe was in the final group. But at that time, this was like the only time where Matsuyama had displayed over a period of time that he was the best player in the world. So I was kind so, of like, oh, now this is going to be his major. That I good for you because so Matsuyama had just made birdie to go two up. And JT had to make that to stay one down with eight to play. Wow. It was a par five tenth. Wow. And JT made that. Matsuyama made three straight bogeys, two straight birdies, and then bogey par bogey finish. And obviously, he did we not know how that ends. Well, yeah. It's well, no. that, that's one of the signature things this week is the finishing holes 16, 17, 18 spectacular i know a couple weeks ago we talked about augusta's lack of drama down the stretch but i'm really excited to watch these few holes i guess we'll get into that later yeah for sure definitely um i think maybe this week where we're going to switch something up and we're probably going to start with our segment the cut line okay here we are with the cut line a lot of good stories in golf this week a lot of things that i liked I had a little bit of trouble finding something that stuck out to me negatively, but I, I'm just going to go to an oldie but goodie here. So I found for something starters. for the negative. All right. Yeah, all right. Hopefully, hopefully we don't double up again. But um, my made cut this week is a bit of a tearjerker, if I may say so. So on the Champions Tour, in the PGA Tour Champions event in Houston this week, Stephen Alker won the Insperity Invitational. I'm not a big PGA Tour Champions guy. I I know that there's some maybe probably when Tiger Woods is on it, I'll watch it. But other than that, you you're not going to catch me watching any of this. This is one of the better stories that I've heard in golf in general. Stephen Alker's caddy or his ex caddy now had to leave the bag in January because he was diagnosed with cancer. A month later, he passed away. His hometown was Houston, Texas, where this tournament was. So his family was out all week. 
and they all were his favorite team was the Astros. So everyone was wearing Houston Astros stuff everywhere across the course. People said it on Sunday, Stephen Alker came back from five strokes back to pull off the tournament win um, and repeat as champion there. So definitely wow. one of the best stories you're going to hear in golf. That's super cool. And I, he, he's had some success on the champions league, obviously with the, the caddy, that's, it's a pretty sudden and sad thing. Definitely. And you got to think it's got to be weighing on him to some degree. I don't know if it's affect the way he's playing at all, but this is one of those kind of, you know, feel like there's something greater than us kind of thing going on at this event. Meant to yeah, be. Absolutely. I think Alker won the PGA championship, the the what would it be champions tour PG or senior PGA championship last yeah, year? That sounds right. So he's had su- some success on the tour. Uh, shout out Stephen Alker. That's, that's a huge win for, for golf. Yep. And shout out Sam Workman's family as well. Absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll keep my make the cut a little bit more lighthearted. It was something I saw on Friday at the Mexico open. Uh, Former JU golfer Raul Pereda put a scare into the leaderboard. And I don't know why more people aren't talking about the shot that he hit on 16. He holed out from 249 into the wind on one of the hardest holes of the day. I mean, 249 into the wind might as well be a short par four. When was the last time we saw an ace? on a short par four. I mean, they're few and far between not unlike an albatross. I, I, I was, was going to say, amazed. that sounds like an albatross to me. If you had he taken was, the par four out of it. Right. And he was so far away that he had no idea. So I, I tweeted about it and I was like, why is he so calm? Wow. And it makes sense <laughs> now because somebody told him they were giving him the signal with the finger down and he, and he wow. looked over in disbelief. I was just trying to make a par and putting a great round together. And this shot, if you haven't seen it, go look it up because I, it's the longest hole out on the PGA tour this year. And I think it's one of the best golf shots that you'll ever see. I was just dumbfounded when I saw it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Pareda is Mexican as well. He is. First, and first he, score event, I believe. Yep, and he made the cut. He actually was up near the top of the leaderboard late Friday. Ended up crashing and burning on Sunday. Finished T60 after uh, posting, I think, a 77. But honest, a really good tournament. Really cool story. Got a bunch of airtime uh, to play like that and hit a shot like that in your in your home game. That that's got to be pretty awesome. Yeah, huge congratulations to that guy. You got to think he's going to get invited back next year. Probably some more sponsors exemptions coming his way in the future, too. No doubt. Okay, so that is it for made cut. Um, Moving on past the cut line to missed cut. I'm going to go to the well here to a player that I'm not very fond of. And he decided to get a little bit vocal on a certain app that we like to call Twitter. Phil 
was going off earlier today, maybe it was even yesterday at this point, about the official world golf ranking and Jay Monahan. You hear anything about this? I, 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 I'm surprised I missed it because I spent so much time on Twitter. I'm so sick of that guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's nothing unlike what he usually says. I, I think probably a lot of what he says is true. It, a lot of what he said has shown, has shown to be pretty true. So he's not, I, I just, it's a little conspiracy theorist for me. I'm not sure that I, I totally buy everything. Basically, a lot of the talk lately has been about how these live guys are get, need to be in majors, right? They need to get these official world golf ranking points. They need to somehow figure out a way to get these guys in the majors. And it's happening. Uh, Gooch and I want to say one other player, Lahiri maybe, got invited to the PGA Tour, like an invite, because they don't qualify, I guess, anymore. To the PGA so Championship? Right. So That's they're gonna so be in they're gonna be in the major. Yep. And Wait, why um, sorry sorry, one sec. Why would they let with the PGA that's their major. Why would they let live golfers into their major? Uh PGA of America runs the PGA championship, not PGA Tour. Ah, that's different. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. yeah, probably yeah, know yeah. that. So, yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Uh confusing that they both have the same name, but you know, it's uh run by different entities, so like different governing boards, everything like that. Gotcha. So gotcha, they, thanks. the PGA of America, right, invited their that invited these live golfers to be a part of their major. Got to think probably some of that has to do with the fact that they played so well at Augusta. But now Phil is calling for all of their. He's bringing out all the stops now on why the official world golf ranking has not been updated. He keeps referring to them as them and how the people in charge of that are not adapting. He says because the PGA, which is this is true, the PGA Tour, their designated event and their extremely lucrative CBS and NBC golf deals, a lot of what they bring, a lot of what part of their contract is that they need to have a certain caliber of world ranking player in their field. So when if live golfers get world golf ranking points, then, you know, obviously the PGA Tour average ranking would drop. Would would it be by that much? No, I don't think so. But this is what Phil is saying. So this is true. But with the part that maybe or may or may not be true or probably isn't, it's probably Phil just being Phil. Phil is saying that Monaghan is forcing them to not do any action so that when there eventually will be action taken and live golfers will get official world golf ranking points, that they'll be so low that they won't qualify for any majors anymore. Got it. That is bizarre. Coming from probably the most bizarre guy ever, and he looks awful. And he he got into it with uh, Colt Nose, who's who's on the yep. CBS broadcast. Very respected oh, guy, this. may I add. Well, the the tweet that started this was some live fanboy account saying that 50% of the world's top golfers play on live. Ah. Give me a break. You got to be kidding. What's the sample? I mean, the, what what sample size are you taking? This, ah, Peter this Uline. Is, I was, was going to talk is, about this. Yeah. 
I was going to talk about this later when we brought up the Gooch double, but you might might as well bring it up now. Taylor Gooch didn't come close to winning a PGA Tour event once on his years on tour, and then basically sets all the records, dominates live for two events, and all of a sudden people are saying Taylor Gooch is good. How? What's the merit there? Well, we talked about this last week. We said that if you're young and you have any game can collect birdies, which Gooch was always good at on the tour, you're yep. you're going to have success on live because you're playing against guys with broken backs that can't walk. I but mean, I, Brooks is, for sure. is healthier. Sergio but was, was the best competition this week. I, it's like it's 2012. Yep. Of course you're going to have success. And it's just and a silly argument. Stemming, right, right. It's stemming from what Phil, what this original thing was saying, and and what Colt Nost then replied was basically, Phil, why are you complaining about this now? Didn't you guys know that this wasn't going to be the case when you jumped ship? Like, why, why was that not a problem then? Or why did you guys decide to make go against the official world golf rankings and make this fifty four holes? when you know that that wasn't part of the official world golf ranking system. And what Phil said is it's their job to adapt, not ours. And part of what he's saying is that the PGA tour is delaying this process, right? But when we're conversing and everyone in the golf world is conversing and we have no idea us how to figure out what Taylor Gooch's wins mean because we can't really rank this field. We can't figure it out. How are they supposed to put numbers to it and actually put that in the system? Because we don't even know if that, like what we can't tell if Taylor Gooch is good or not. I mean, it, and, and on top of that, I just, just reading through Phil's here, which is so outrageous in his third or fourth tweet, he says, respectfully, I don't need golf official world golf ranking points nor do i care about them for myself well you see you do because this is your fourth or fifth tweet where you're responding to a fanboy account and colt knows as phil mickelson whether or not you're this is this is ridiculous and i see the the press conference clips too where bryson's been very vocal about it that guy where have they been on the live leaderboards on the Mickey Mouse tour? Non-existent. And, and they, they will continue to not show up on leaderboards and the you chose your path suffers because of it. Just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Pretty, ridic- pretty ridiculous stuff. And the conversation's not going to go away. So even, even when they decide to rank them, it's going to be flawed. There's going to be, they're going to find some way to say, oh, our tour is better than your tour. There's always going to be another thing that they're going to say. And just the last thing on this, I I don't know if I'm against, I'm not for what's going on now. I understand that it's going to take a little bit, but to complain about it and use some of the arguments that they do when we're less than a year into like probably the heat of the exodus, this is something that is going to take time. And like you said, it's not a science, but it also doesn't take a smart guy to see that the fields over there don't merit the same or even close to the same weight that what we see on the PGA Tour, even in a bad week. So, Exactly. 
there's a difference between Jordan Spieth and Matt Fitzpatrick in a playoff and Sergio Garcia and Taylor Gooch in a playoff, and it's a big one. Couldn't agree more. So I, for my miss the cut, it's actually another really sad story. I just realized we're, uh, we're starting and ending with death here, but this came across my feed right before we started recording. A bride was killed and a husband critically injured in a golf cart crash as they left their wedding reception in South Carolina. Have you heard about this at all? I haven't heard anything about it, no. So naturally, before this segment, looked up golf news to try to pick my brain on um, what making and missing the cut is. And this this was literally the five biggest stories. And I don't know a ton about it, but they were leaving the general area of their wedding when they were on a golf cart hit by a car. And the oh, bride geez. died, and the husband is critically injured. That's really sad to hear. Yeah, I, d- I don't have much more to say on that, but uh, we're going to keep it a little more light next week. That was the cut line. That was the cut line. Um, so, starting off this week, uh, we actually had some good golf, right? Um, the Mexico Open at Vedanta delivered for what it was i don't want to go and say that this was the most amazing golf tournament ever and at the end of the day is still the mexico open with a really 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 poor field but the two biggest names were finished in first and second place again and tony finau wins again he might be a closer he might be let's now this I don't want to be that guy because Tony commented specifically on that guy. But let's let's win let's win a real event now, okay, Tony? Yeah. Yep. Right. So last year we got Houston, right, which was I think fall swing, um, Rocket Mortgage in Detroit, which was no one at all good. I think the second best player in that field was like Cameron Champ. Um, he did run away with it. Granted, he's winning all of these by like four strokes. The 3M in Minnesota, which yes. had the Scott Piercy collapse. Epic. Epic collapse. Really epic collapse. So that, that fairway bunker where he left it in there and then chunked it in the water. Yeah, that was... Not enough really people talk about that. Really hard to watch. That's why no one wants to. <laughs> Um, but Tony, yeah, he's going to need to show me something big. Is he playing this week? Yes, he is. He's up near the top of the favorites. He's playing. That's why I'm, I was surprised to see him there. Yeah. I don't, I mean, this course theoretically would fit him pretty well, but I don't buy it because I, I don't see him winning big tournaments yet. He does go on these hot streaks. I think probably... It's it more has to do with the strength because he's never won an actual event with with actually good players. And Rom, who finished second, not to take anything away from him, played unbelievable on Saturday, but played actually just not even just not good, but pretty bad for John Rom the other three days. And still right. almost won. 
Yeah, that's the amazing thing. The the field really they didn't show out. I I mean, we we liked Wyndham Clark last week. That didn't turn out too well. These other guys that were tabbed as contenders were kind of in this eight to twelve under range, never contending. Our boy Akshay right. gave it a go. Uh couldn't get yep. it done and uh, you can't you can't blame him being in that final group at his age nope. my thoughts exactly but still a good effort yeah i with tony though here's the thing discounting winning is never a good idea from somebody in my shoes because there's so many guys that play when tony does that don't get it done and at this point this being win number 4 in a pretty short window is impressive it's not what Scotty Scheffler did. It's not what Rom's doing, but he's winning more than others. It's just that he hasn't gotten that big event yet. So as, as crazy as it sounds, like in my mind, I value, for instance, Cam Young finishing second in two majors more than Tony Finau winning four crappy PGA Tour tournaments. And I know that's that that's an probably not argument. sane of me, but that's like theoretically, that's what my I, I consider Cam Young. Maybe I don't even maybe consider him to be better than Tony Finau, but Tony Finau is just like like he just doesn't putt in these big events, and he does on like these easy greens that on courses where driving distance matters more than else, and they're you know whatever postpartum greens or whatever they are um but it's it's easy right it's it's easy for me to discount tony finau's wins but at the end of the day he wins other guys at the top of the leaderboard shoffley a couple last year but other than that doesn't win victor hovland doesn't win cameron young doesn't win zalatoris one win there they were rookies though that's crazy. I know. I know. I know. Uh, Finau won, to give him credit, he won the B- uh, the Northern Trust in its last year. And that, I was at that tournament too, and I forget about that. Right, because it was a birdie fest and a smaller yeah. field. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or, Cam, uh, Cam Smith shot 59 that year. That year. The day right, yeah, there. second place. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that, um, but it's true. He what he did win that at like twenty one under. But I think Rom was right there. It it was that that was actually a good field. So all right, Tony Finau, I'm off your back. I'm Tony. Tony, but win a major. He's impressive. Win a major. Well, that's the next step. You have to. I'm not criticizing that you haven't because you've won now. That's great. Let's let's win a major. But let's also let's be be there down the stretch in the major. I could be wrong, but since 2019, when no, you're not when wrong. Tiger won, where where is where has he been on the last day? Missed cuts and thirtieths. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins this week. I really wouldn't. I would be. I I put him. I I take him over Cam Young. Oh, we're gonna have a juicy segment later then. Well, I like I like Cam too, but spoiler alert! Yeah. But <laughs> Tony's got it done before. Um, all right, how about some other stories from the event? Uh, well, Akshay, before, before we yeah, I know we got to touch on, we got to touch on Akshay for sure. But before we move on, 
I, I can't go the segment without saying how good of a guy Tony Finau is. How could you not it's like re- him? I mean, you see his family. They're interviewing yeah. his kid. Amanda is down there talking to the, his son. The Netflix thing just made it all better, too. Everyone knows it's, how good of a guy Tony Finau is. It's almost too good. I'm I, I'm looking to poke holes in it. I text yeah, I texted you this when I watched those it. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, the the jury, there's something Tony Finau's got a weakness, yeah. and no one has identified it because everyone loves him so much. He's got a lovely family. He's a good guy. He puts the people around him in his life before his career, and still finds a way to have success. He's got all these qualities that you'd want to emulate. He's calm on the golf course, hits the ball 400 yards. He's got a fault. We're going to find it. It's, it's not at all cynical of you. but Win a major, it's Tony. Like, it's like, right, win a major, Tony. You see him caddying for his kids like an hour after the tournament's done. But all you can think about is that this was kind of a crappy field and he only seems to win these, you know, sub-field events, I guess. Yeah, all right, Tony, we'll see. Way to get a battle Will Gordon down the stretch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And enough of this guy. Uh, I do really want to talk about Akshay, though, because he is reinventing the word skinny. It is unbelievable. Like, you know, you ever heard people when you're golfing and you say, like, you hit a shot thin and you say, oh, that shot was thinner than insert any skinny person. That's the new That's thing. You say this shot was skinnier than skinnier than Akshay Batia. That's what you have to say. I love it. I'm gonna pull that out on the golf course, and people are gonna look at me funny. But it's okay because I'll enjoy it. And, I mean, thirty pounds soaking wet. I, I, I've seen cats that probably weigh more than him. If he were to put on a couple, how far do you think he would hit it? Oh, he and he will put on a couple and he will be really, really good because he's already pretty good. He we talked about it last week. This guy is going to win. It may be a couple years down the road. Barring injury. Well, Zalatoris is really skinny, too, but nothing compared to actually. You're so right. I hope he can hold up because it's, he's got it star is our power. Yeah. It, and and it's a genuine fine. concern seeing Zalatoris. But I, I think that he's. He is a star, you know, he's been, he was one of the first golfers to like really benefit from social media because this kid is 21 now. So I want to say probably when, when he was like 10 to 13, that age, he was a really, really, really good junior golfer. And he started showing up. Who's this skinny junior golfer who's insane. And he skipped college, went straight pro, one corn Ferry tour event on his, in his first year. Now it's special temporary membership on the PGA Tour after like five events. The kid has has got game. Absolutely. And it. I'm a little nervous on the greens. That's that's my one big concern, because that's something that it doesn't always develop like the rest of the game. Right. You're going to expect this guy to hit it longer. His irons are already so good. But he, he's got this massive grip, funky putting stroke, and he's missing yep. five footers on resort perfect greens. That's the one yep. thing that concerns me. And obviously, I'm still a little pissed off about it after this week. I think he gained five strokes putting this week. So you got to take. It's not going to happen every week like that. 
Um, but also most of those were him jamming in 30 footers. He was still missing the four footers, which is, is a genuinely an issue. And I've watched a little bit of him this year, notably at the Honda, where almost every single iron shot he hit was to four feet. And he could not make any of them. So it is a genuine concern. He's young. You got to hope he figures out. There's so many players on the PGA Tour that are so good and can't putt, and that holds them back. You got to hope that he figures it out. Even even the best guys, Scheffler and Rom, most of their tournaments they don't putt that well. You just they just whenever they putt okay, they win. So that's it's true. Maybe that's going to be his formula. Tony, I, I'm excited for Akshay. I, I really am. I, I think he's a he's going to be a superstar. We're the the Pin Seekers podcast is a, is an Akshay pod, and he will be totally in our pin pin seeking segment every week because I, I'd like Until to be ahead wins. of it. Almost right. Until he wins, so uh, good good effort, and I, th- that was great experience for him to be with Tony and Rom down the stretch in the final group. And it wasn't like it was a major collapse for him or anything. It just couldn't get the job done. And, and Tony played too well. But to have he that made experience. made every putt, dude. Everything. Everything inside of 20 feet. Ridiculous. Never does that. No, like no, never. There. I agree, though. This is, uh, is going to do nothing but good for him in his career. He was... Probably the third, I mean, probably Brandon Wu played really, really well this week. So you got to give him credit there. But maybe the only other person that actually had a chance to win other than Rom and Finau, obviously. Yeah, so cheers, actually. Uh, Speaking of Corn Ferry, should we talk about our other guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alejandro Tosti. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I could have butchered it. I'm not sure. But... We touched upon this story on last week's cut the cut line, but the it was my missed cut. The Corn Ferry Tour snafu with the cart and the guys getting disqualified. One of the players involved in that got a sponsor's exemption into this week's Mexico Open, finished 10th after shooting something in the 60s on Sunday. He's now in this week's Wells Fargo. What a story. And it was awesome. He did do better for himself than Boo Weekly did, who was cut after finishing plus eight the first two days. <laughs> so good on the PGA Tour to give this guy a shot because the other ones weren't going to get it done. I can tell you that. And he made the most out of it, which is so impressive. You really probably what probably his first tournament. Absolutely. And he's in the field this week. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, he got in with the top ten. It's, it's awesome. He's uh with the twenty sick. million dollar purse, so life changing potentially. Make make the cut, and you're looking at the biggest payday of your life. By far. I'll be rooting for him. Oh yeah, he's starred on my PGA Tour app. Yeah, probably go eighty eighty two, but prove us wrong. Hopefully, we're rooting for him. Only other thing I had here was uh, not on the golf course, but we got to see my boy Andrew Catalan in action yeah, yeah, for another yeah. week. And I got to tell you, Jacob, I 
if Jim Nance, Jim Nance could be out the door soon. He's actually, he's younger than I thought he was. So Jim will probably do the masters because Vern's doing 16 at Augusta and he's 106. So Catalan might have to wait, but I enjoyed the broadcast. I love the dynamic. I think that one thing I noticed, we talked about Trav Immelman was that Mm -hmm. he doesn't have the rapport with Nance because they haven't been doing it but that long Nance and Faldo mm-hmm. had this wonderful back and forth because they had been in the broadcast booth that for a very long time. But if Immelman starts doing this with Catalan, there's something there. That's all I'll say. I really, I, I, they had it, the same crew as last week, right? So it's Nabilo, Colt Nost, uh, Mark and Trevor Immelman, Catalan. And I, I mean, they're good. Colt, no- Colt Nost is, is actually funny, unlike Smiley Kaufman. Actually knows what he's talking about. Can talk with these guys, him and Frank Noblo, just shoot the shit the entire time, kind of making fun. They make fun of each other's weight all the time. This is, what, this is more of what we need. Seriously, this is more of what we need. I, I think you're probably right about the Immelman and Nance thing. It'll come... But give your guy cattle on a shot because I, I don't remember them doing like these CBS subfield events like this in the past. Yeah, or they didn't have somebody that's I could be wrong. I've heard Catalan do a ton of golf. So this might be the first year that I'm kind of locked into it. But uh, but you're right about no. He's he's awesome. He's been great all year. He was great at the waste. Uh, CBS. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. They're they're doing the Wells Fargo yeah. PGA, uh, and I forget. I think NBC switches to the Memorial and the, the Opens, but yeah, good yeah. good for them. I enjoy the broadcast. Uh, this is like the end of their like big swing, but I'd I'd like to see NBC step it up in a similar regard because I this is this is what the golf needs, and and they showed a lot of that at the beginning of the year where they like had all this new technology and they're micing up the players on the course, which I didn't see this week, by the way. But I, I really do like that they're at least trying to innovate. And, and I feel that that makes a big difference to the viewer, especially in these events where maybe they're not the most entertaining from a particularly golf and storyline standpoint. Couldn't agree more. Should we uh, jump across the rather large pond to Singapore? I guess. Bit of a letdown spot for me, at least. I think that for Liv, Aussie is their sweet spot, their flagship event like we talked about. You weren't going to follow the beers. What they did have was a pretty solid leaderboard for most of the weekend. Um to Until be perfectly Sunday. honest. Yeah, th- those guys flamed out on Sunday. Sergio and and Gooch battled down the stretch. We've we've set our piece on Gooch and just the quality of golf in general. I think that they they need a marquee winner really badly. Mhm. They need uh they needed probably Brooks or Cam Smith to win this week or even Phil. Phil was right there. They had a bunch of guys right there that just didn't didn't get it done this week, and it was looking like it was gonna be their best leaderboard ever. But it it's some you know, I don't know what, what went on with those guys, but they just didn't pull it out and Taylor Gooch did again. 
sorry, we're going to talk about Gooch a little bit, but did you see his Tiger comments? Gooch's? Yeah. No. So he came out after the event. I think it was it was either after the event or during one of the press conferences. And he said that Tiger had a conversation with him on the range at Augusta and said, oh, I see you've been playing well. You're on Bubba's team now, right? And I was like, yeah. And he said, y'all are going to Adelaide, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he said, man, they've got some great golf down there. And uh, made a ton of headlines just because Gooch said, you know, Tiger was able to have a very normal conversation about Liv and was initiating this conversation with him. And boy, if I'm Taylor Gooch, and even if this is 100% true, what the hell are you doing? Do you think Tiger's ever going to say a word to you again? Are you out of your mind? This guy is just belligerently clueless. He might be one of the dumbest golfers that is on any tour. With some of the things that he said, we talked about it last week. Good for him for winning $8 million in eight days. Couldn't be me, but man, what are you... $8 million against the contract that he had signed. So he got, he's gotten paid all of this money already. Right, the draw. Uh, it, it this was just crazy. I don't, I don't even want to give it any more time. Yeah, I, I think that, I think that, like, briefly, what we can touch upon is, is the fact that I, I don't totally get why they were in Singapore. I think that it would have made more sense for them to do another Australia. Maybe, maybe they didn't know it was going to be a huge success, but I, I don't get that totally. I think maybe Singapore was kind of. Uh, maybe just a money grab because like if they're going to lean into the go places where there's no PGA tour golf, then they didn't really do that. I don't think, I mean the PGA, I think the DP world tour has a Singapore event. Uh, if they're going to go places where there's teams like players on the live tour, like Australia, they didn't do that. There's no players from Singapore on the live tour. They could have gone to, I don't know, Japan or Korea or something. China, I, I don't know. There's no Chinese players, but something where they, India for Honor Bond or whatever. There's no PGA Tour events there. You don't think there'd be a ton of people? I don't, I, I don't totally get it. And obviously the crowds were way less tame than they were last week. Way too much disrespect for Hao Tong Lee when you mentioned the lack of Chinese players. You're, uh, 36 whole PGA. I would love to see leader. I would love to see him on the live tour by the way. Go get go get Hao Tong. Blank check. Blank check for Hao Tong. So yeah, we'll um they're coming back to America in a couple weeks here. They've got events at Tulsa and then DC to close out the month of May. I'll probably tune in because I'm doing a podcast now and want to stay intrigued in the world of golf. Uh, hoping that there's a good leaderboard and we'll see those guys are going to be over here to play um, some of them will play the PGA so it'll be interesting if they can uh, repeat performance to Augusta and I fully expect them to uh, if you want to hear more live talk we talked about it a ton on last week's podcast 
Uh, I'll plug it. Episode two, we had a ton of Liv Adelaide talk. We even said some nice things about Liv. So if you want to hear that, go back, listen to last week's episode. We'll, we'll try to touch on pretty much everything in the golf world every week. And speaking of that, uh, Pablo Larratha Ball won on the DP World Tour this week. I'm not a huge Pablo guy. I don't know much about him. I know that he's won a bunch of times on the DP World Tour, though. And Spanish golf seems to be on kind of a heater at the moment. Okay, so the only reason I wanted to talk about this was actually the conversation that I just shut down there was because did you know he played at Live Centurion, the first London event? I know. I didn't know that. And then, really? and then he came back. It, it's the most bizarre thing in the world. So what happened was I was on Twitter and I, I saw that he had won and I knew it was old. So kind of thought it was a good win. And I go to the replies and everybody's like, live golfer doesn't count. Live golfer, go back, live golfer. And I look it up and apparently he played in the inaugural event last June. And then you look it up and people are like, what happened? And he was like, I never had a contract from them. I never, I never was a live golfer. And I'm just on the DC world. Wild. It's true, right? I'm not going crazy. I had a deal with the DP world tour to play in London. He won 360 K in the debut event. They agreed. So I did. I'd never had a live contract. I've always been a Euro tour player. So he gamed the system, made it made a quick three sixty. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! So much respect for this guy. The, how wild! He he says that he regrets doing it too. Uh, well, what do, what do you think the DP tour wants him to say? But there, it sounds like they're the ones who agreed to him doing this, though. Because Liv it's probably so didn't bizarre. have enough. Here's what happened. Liv probably didn't have enough for 48 field. And they went and they were like, we need to pick some guys to come. So we'll give this guy. He made 360K, right? How much do you think they fucking paid him to be in the tournament too? Oh, you're, you're so smart, Jacob. That's got to be what happened. So I wonder, I wonder if there are others. If you go back and look at the field. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Let me. I'm gonna do that. Because I'm gonna do that right now. We have to. Are they playing this? Uh, no, no, no. This is fine. Are they playing this tournament again? They are. Same weekend, or no, a little later in June because they're playing DC. Okay. Um, I would like to get this field. Shouldn't be too hard inaugural field okay i can read off some players who are definitely no longer on the tour oliver becker you know do you know who that guy is yeah uh, i think it's olivier or is it oliver it says oliver south african uh he's currently a member of the euro tour sam oliver fisher oh i remember this guy Wow. I didn't know they did this. This went over my head. Yeah, I didn't really think about it. Justin Harding. You remember him? Yeah, I was in the I, Masters I, one year. Of course. Uh, there's got to wow. be some more here. 
there's a bunch of guys I know I know like they kicked off a bunch of like Asian tour qualifiers. That was like a lot of burn, their filler was Yeah, eat the path, burn burn the tath Urat. He actually doesn't have a wicked page. There's a ton page. of them. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, there's a I ton of them. that one. Uh burnt Saddam Kalkwanjana. Burnt Wiesberger's on the tour still. He comes in last like every week. Is he really? Well Yeah. So Wade Ormsby. Some of he these was guys uh, there... one of the yeah yeah he was one of the Australian guys. Oh oh Adrian Otegi. No, he's still on the tour. No, he's not. Adrian this Otegi. Is... There's another this one. This is such so a there's soft like four spot. or five guys. Why wasn't the media all over this? They were crucifying the event. Why th- this was? Maybe I missed it because there was just so much going on. And and did they? I imagine they probably had to do this for other tournaments. Uh, probably a couple fillers. I can. Was the the London was the first one? Yeah, the London and and what was next? Was it Portland? Did they do Portland? You're they right. played in Portland. Um, which by the way is never happening again because ever all of the <laughs> Portland is so liberal. They were like, get this tournament out of here. <laughs> no, it showed up. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Wayne Ormsby was a captain in Portland. Yeah. They, um, he was the original Australian player and then they got Punch four good Australians PC. and they booted him. Well, what was PC? there? Did they, <laughs> they ripped the name. Punch GC. Uh, is so this might have been the only. Isn't... Yeah, that's the whole thing. That's a uh, Poulter oh, and Jesus. Westwood. So Cleeks. that I think they only did it in. Um, they only did it in London. It looks like they got just like like Matt Wolf is in, Pat Perez, Carlos Ortiz, Kepka. All of those guys didn't play the first one. Deshambo. Yeah, be- a because if you remember, this came after the U.S. Open when a bunch bunch of them, Kepka included, officially defected. Yep, yep. Whereas the first one was prior. Okay, thank you. That is interesting, Lara, Lara Thabel. Yeah, that's, yeah. That that's a good that's a good little footnote there. Some good research. I mean, I'm glad respect. I tossed that in. Yeah, respect Pablo. And I think it does and, count to all those the, the the bots that were repeating the live golfer doesn't count. <laughs> I take that as yeah, it does well, count. Congrats on the win. Yeah, I, I'm giving it to you. We're uh you're a winner in our eyes. And you played some good golf at a tough condition. And he finessed the system. So good, good man. Not a hypocrite. Not at all. All right. So you see my Packers hat and the NFL draft was this past weekend. Our, uh, our two teams I know pulled off a nice little trade prior to that. Congrats on getting my yes, they uh, do. Yes, they former do. quarterback. But for the first time in my made... life. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do have a question for you just on, on the landscape of golf and we can open this up to all tours. Uh, but if you were to start a franchise, and let's forget 
how the franchise works, right? But it's just a golf franchise and you want the best golfer for the longest amount of time. Who cares what quantifies success? Let's take out John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler because I think those are the two obvious answers in terms of success. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I'm going to take them out because we've talked about them before. I think after those two, there's a really interesting conversation to have. You have the number one draft pick. Who are you taking? So we're going to take this. First of all, we could do an entire episode on this. Um, Absolutely. And we might. That, that Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Uh, definitely put that one down for future possibilities. We're taking into account here, like, not just how good a golf they're going to play, but brand, popularity. Absolutely. Age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trajectory. Um, if we're going strictly based on golf, I would have a very, I think I would have a very different answer. Right, but, but um, we're not. You yeah, want yeah, your yeah. team. This is gonna be a crazy one. This is gonna be. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna go out of the box here. Okay. And I've I've only thought about it for a few seconds. Tom Kim. That is a great answer. I didn't come to my. That is a. That is a really good answer. Wow. South Korean and Asian market speaks English, so he's the first Asian superstar that you could market to the English audience. Whereas Matsuyama. You know how popular he is over there. Never got so popular over here because doesn't openly speak English. Tom Kim, not the case. Two wins before 21. Picks up a little distance. One of the straightest hitters. I don't know. I could see it. That that answer is actually so good. It kind of destroys my conversation because I think <laughs> that for every guy that I have thought of up to this point, Tom Kim answers the question because I can run through a bunch of guys. Cam Young doesn't, hasn't won. Yep. It's a risk. He would have been my Tom golf only answer, I think. And and that's fair, but you're also taking a risk there because he hasn't won. And I think that there is something to be said about that prior to getting that victory. Mm-hmm. We all assume mm-hmm. it's coming, but it hasn't. I, Hovland's another guy that's young, but his short game is worse than mine. Morikawa is fascinating because he's got two majors. He's got star potential, one very young. Could end up with a ton, but we haven't seen him play good golf in about 24 months. Yeah, he's so, one of those guys that follows that, like, like real like a Spethian super early trajectory to now we don't really know what we're going to get from him for a while. Absolutely. And this is why I love the conversation because after those top two stars and you could kind of apply this to any question, but I think the franchise one is particularly interesting. And that's why I love your answer so much because Tom Kim has a ton of star power. He's really likable. He's just fun to watch has the two wins um, and he really took advantage of his opportunity last fall when they Big or, time. Or late summer. Right. And where they just started marketing, this guy comes out of nowhere, wins the Wyndham, just really impressive. So, man, it, it's tough because I asked this question without having an answer for you. 
and I think I'd love to disagree with you, but that's, that's so good. Well, what, who were you thinking? I was really torn, and I think it's, I, it's, it's so tough. So Cam Young was the first player that came to my mind when Same. I asked the question to myself, but there's a little bit a little part of me that hesitates just because I'd love to see him win a tournament. And I think it's simple as that. The PGA championship, by the way, he probably will. Oak Hill is what? Yeah, like he will. 7,600 yards, 7,400 par 70. Oh, okay. He's your winner. So yeah, he'd, he'd probably be my pick. I, uh, I toyed with Homa a little bit interesting kind of on the older side though right he is on the older side uh i think he's in his later 20s i i would go with spieth over homa oh see homa's 32 i had no idea that that answer's gone i'd go with spieth over homa too i'd go with rory over homa yep for sure but i'm not going to start with rory i was i think probably if i wouldn't say tom kim i would i would choose jordan spieth yeah, well, just the brand is so massive. Yeah, that's like uh, that's like the age old question. Like theoretically, what the, the Jets are doing now? Do you take the established guy who can get you now where you want to go, and maybe a little bit in the future, or do you take the young guy who has a, you know, who knows what the trajectory might be? I'd love you pulling it back to my initial question like that. That's expert podcasting work. Uh, but my answer is is Morikawa. And I think that it's easy to sleep on him, but he's got the most qualities for me just because, and and Tom Kim's a great answer, but Morikawa has two majors. Yeah, no, Tom Kim has to play better golf for this answer to be valid. Absolutely. And Morikawa hits his irons so straight that he's got Mm -hmm. the potential for so many more majors. His putters and He might win one this year. He could could win one this year. He could win at Liverpool, I think they're playing. Totally, definitely. Um, in the U.S. Open. And, oh yeah, at LACC. That's great. See, he might be back, but he's got. So have have you seen his? See uh, the girlfriend or fiance's her golf swing? Yeah, I did see that. She superstar, absolute superstar. And yeah. he was great in Netflix too. He's got the mm-hmm. little dog, um, and he's got that drive too. I love how they highlighted that, but you can tell that he's so frustrated by yeah, he his is lack of built. He's built kind of different. Not all those guys have that same. He's got the edge to him, I think, which is weird that he kind of like implodes a little bit. I think it's like a short game ish mental thing, but he is like the mental game where like he wants to be the best, which you can't say about a lot of players. Absolutely. So that that's my answer. That's the one I settled on, but I think it's a fantastic conversation. So I look forward to this episode in the future. I'm thinking aloud, maybe this is next year, but maybe you and I on a dead week, we do a draft. Yeah, I like five, that. Five guys each kind of explain, you know, maybe maybe have a couple of drinks and uh, see how they do throughout the year. I like that a lot. For sure. We like a kind of like a, what do they call it in football? Dynasty, right? Where they, where they just keep drafting the players over and you can keep one guy every year, right? something like that yeah well it's football's football's the only other sport i follow is intense so i had to i have to bring it into the conversation (laughs) every now and then (laughs) i totally get it 
All right, let's uh let's talk the Wells Fargo. We've uh we've touched on it a little bit. This is a super exciting event at a course that I absolutely love. I don't know about you. Totally. Uh, do you have some details on it for the listeners? I do. So this is going to be one of the longest courses on tour. You know, it's at Quail Hollow Club in Charlotte. Last year, it was not there because of, it hosted the President's Cup in September. But in 2021, the last time it was out, the winner was Rory, not for the first time. Uh, notables up there were Victor Hovland and Keith Mitchell finishing tied for third. I think Abe Answer was the runner-up, which doesn't necessarily fit the mold. But if you hit every fairway and you chip and you putt well, you're going to be on any leaderboard. So yeah. we're looking at um, quick fairways, Bermuda grass greens, really tough rough, a lot of long approaches, and most notably the green mile, 16, 17, 18, some of the longest, hardest holes in golf, finishing with bogeys, double bogeys. Expect to see a lot of fireworks. Yeah, it's it's an absolutely riveting finish. Uh, you really have to go in with a cushion. I know when Rory won two years ago, I think he pull hooked his drive on 18, clawed one out, um, and eventually got it to the green to get his it uh, went, first right. win. So there's like, there's like a creek going up the left side of the fairway, and there's a lot of room to the left of that creek. And I think he duck hooked it left of the creek. It went so far and he, he, right. And to make matters worse, the rough is thick and then there are bunkers that you can hit it to right. So you really have to hit a perfect shot. And that tee shot on 18 ball. is going to be awesome to watch. It reminds me of the 18th at Southern Hills, a little bit different, but fascinating because that, that in that scenario, the creek's up front, but you still yeah. have to hit a really good golf shot up to the left. In this case, you have to put one out to the right of the creek but sneak it in between the bunkers and so you can see fireworks out like we saw yeah with Mito. um this is a great major course this is a course that i would like to see every year because it is difficult and mm -hmm. it provides for a great finish you can expect the winner to be 10 ish under not a ton of guys under par it could play even harder depending on the weather uh i really think that it fits the guys who bomb the ball, um, but you have to be really straight. You can't just be long. You have to be accurate because, like you said, on the 18th, you miss that fairway. You bail out right a little bit. You have a 180-yard fairway bunker shot with water left. Absolutely. So you're going to want to be long and accurate off the tee like we all want to be. Uh, I'm looking at strokes gained approach from 175-plus. I like that. Um, and par, par four scoring for par fours over 450. I think they have eight par fours over 450. I could be wrong on that, but they have long, uh, long, long, long holes. Long ones. I want to say, three the, par I wanna say maybe over... the eighth is a short one, but other than that, they're all like 500 yards. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, comps that I saw were Tory and Riv, a little bit different. Augusta, green. too. Augusta is another one that the, you, around the green, you'll get a little bit more. Uh, you still have to be good around the green. Uh, it's not one of the biggest stats, but it's it's no joke just because it's one of these Carolina courses. 
Yeah, Bermuda grass is always tough around the greens. I think it's overseed, which I don't know. I'm not an agronomist, but I know that it's difficult to chip out of. So <laughs> there you go. He's not an agronomist. No. Confirmed not. All right, should we go pin seeking? Let's go pin seeking. All right, we're going pin seeking. I've already talked about him today. You know who I'm going to say is my is my pick to win this week, my favorite. Cam? We're talking driving straight and long. It's Cam Young. He's got to win sometime. He's yeah, played well he's... since he's changed caddies. This is the start. This week is the start of Cam Young. He's, he's going to win this. He's doing the double. He's do he's going to win this and he's going to win the PGA Championship. I know. He's my favorite this week I know. as well. That's not good that we're it's, agreeing on this. Oh, it's so bad. I've I've written down. I was I was I so will say I will say I like him better at the PGA than I do this course. Another good thing in Cam Young's that I literally just thought of, this course has been notorious for first-time winners. Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy. Oh, man. And first-time winners who became stars. Which he will be. Cam Young is a star. He is so good at driving the golf ball. It is ridiculous. He is your winner this week. There is... They might as... They shouldn't even play the tournament. I agree. Um, I I don't see any other point. I know I know for a fact that it won't be Rory. Absolutely, but not. I do I do kind of think that there is something about that week off that might he might come back and just be really really good. And he has won multiple Rory, times in this course. Yeah, Rory. Well, he's the he's the odds-on favorite by a good margin. It's not like Rom last week, but people like him. He's he's going he's going to be one of the one of the most likely players in the field to win. He's just he's just not my pick. So he's not the defending champ, but he's the defending champ when it was at Quail Hollow. Now another favorite this week, um, the actual defending champ when it was played in DC, Max Homa. Played well at the President's Cup. I remember thinking that he had a very good track record here. And I he looked does. at does he? Because in 2021, he finished plus 11. Interesting. Missed the cut by like but, 19 strokes. Did did he not win the Wells Fargo he, in, he in won, 19? I think he won, he won his first tour event here. Okay. Another first-time winner. Yep. Who went on so, to be a star. He also plays well at Riv and Tory, which are top comps. It's like so, driving I don't distances know. where you have to be cre- you have to hit all the greens and when you miss you have to be creative. Like basically that's the kind of thing that you're looking at here. I don't know why but I don't like defending champions and his game is a little bit in the gutter for me. I I kind of expected him to take off after winning earlier this year and it just has not materialized. Again, I think we're all looking for him at LACC in June to show out and he's got to get in his game in shape at some point. If he can't do it here, I'd start to get a little nervous about his prospects in June. I think so too. I, I think that he's kind of firmly put himself in the narrative of he's going to play good golf in on this course and in California and maybe nowhere else. And I really expected this year to be kind of the turnaround for him. 
figure it out, play well at some other courses. The putter is holding him back. He needs. He's a good driver of the golf ball. He hits it pretty long and straight. He's a really good iron player. I wouldn't be surprised to see him up there, but he's not going to be on my pick this week. Agreed. One player that will be, you touched on him a little bit earlier, is Victor Hovland. Mm-hmm. He, you could make an argument that he is the best ball striker in the world right now. In the last couple months, yeah, probably at Augusta, probably he was. It was it was either him yeah. or Young, right? Maybe Shuffler. Absolutely, and and Hovland to me is first time winner. I mean, he's won. He's what? won before. What has he won? The Puerto the Rico Albany? Open, the Tony, the Tony Finau Open. That's that's a feeder event. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, he's won the, whatever the, the Tiger Woods World Tiger, Challenge, Tiger Woods and Friends event. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Woods and Friends. Um, yeah, I well, I look. I don't like a lot of guys that are up near the top of of the odds board this week. I like Cam Young, and and there's a pretty big gap and then i like victor hovland and i don't really like anybody else you could make an argument for xander but no thank you for me i will be playing i i like i cam young is is gonna win this event and if he doesn't victor hovland might yeah hovland finished third 2021 he's gonna hit the ball long and straight he's gonna hit the greens uh if he can make some putts expect him to be right there he could win this by six uh wouldn't shock me another guy done at some point yeah he has and he will get it done at some point you know he'll put it together for four days i'm gonna group these two guys together pretty much just because i i like them i think everybody likes them they haven't won in a while ricky fowler and jason day they both won here before they're both having really, really good ball striking seasons, better putting seasons, especially for day, resurgent seasons, and this might be the time where they put it all together. I don't think anyone would be shocked by that. I would be shocked by that. I would be Why? absolutely, a, I would be blown away if either of these guys are holding the trophy. They've both won here before, They've both, and yeah. they have better form than just about anyone else. It's 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 fair, but they haven't won. And okay, I so look at it this way. Look at it this way. If it weren't, if you didn't know that it was Ricky Fowler and Jason Day, and you saw this run of events, and the fact that they've won here before, what would you be saying? I would like them, but it is the fact that they're Ricky Fowler and Jason Day. It's tough to win again. It took Spieth a very long time. He wanted Valero. It takes a while when you get your games back. And for Ricky especially, Jason, yeah, fair the, enough. the bottom has a better wasn't as right. low. But, but yeah. even then, Jason Day's not hitting it as far as he once was. I I mean, I, I think he might be the best. He's accurate. And I think he might he be accurate. the best putter on tour. I like, obviously, I like, I like Day better than Fowler. But... A Ricky win, how great would that be? I I would love it. I love Ricky Fowler. I, I still hold out hope that he'll win a major. I just 
That I don't so see cool. it with these guys. It would be so cool. I think I think he'll have a Sergio moment. I really do at one point. Yeah, but and, that'd be great. And also screw screw Sergio. It's going to be a Ricky moment. But for <laughs> me, I I just I can't say that these guys are going to win. And I think it's it's probably a little tough because Cam Young and Hovland have won nothing, so the argument is a little bit diluted. But I don't know. There's something holding me back. And, and I see everything you're saying is is very valid, but I'm here to play devil's advocate on it. I don't I don't think either of those guys can win this event. I'm completely fair. Completely fair. I needed I I wouldn't be able to get through this section without throwing those names out there. We Before we go too far. Shots? Yeah, okay. I got I mean, how how long shot is Keith Mitchell? Keith Mitchell's a great option. He's the best driver statistically on tour. Total driving is driving accuracy plus driving distance, their rankings. He is first by a lot. His total, I think it's like 37, give or take. There are only two other players on tour under 70. It's Cantlay and Shuffler. So he is by far the best driver on the PGA Tour. Third place last time out. Really, really good season. Known Bermuda putter. I wouldn't be shocked. And I, I would love to see Kashmir Keith pull this one out. Oh, man. And to me, right, he's he's in, in, the, in the conversation with guys like Shane Lowry, um, who just could not be more of a more wrong for this course. I, yeah, not for me. Keith, yeah. Keith, I love Keith. I, I don't know why my name escaped him because I look at these fields and they're just so massive. But for me, I I would not be shocked to see Keith win. I would love, love Keith to win. He's such a likable guy. Played pretty well at the Zurich, even though that doesn't tend to translate. But he's been on Bermuda and he hits it a really long way. So All right. All we're I playing at a long course. we're we got a long course this week. Let's do some long shots. Who you got? Long course, long shots. Uh, I'm going to keep my list. Actually, I have four long shots written down. Uh, I'll preface this so much saying, for keeping I think, it short. Yeah, these these favorites are, they're going to win because they win every week. But okay, I've yeah. got number one. He's the only guy to win a designated event, not a favorite this year, and that's Kurt Kitayama. Interesting. I am very intrigued by him this week, and he's not getting a ton of respect. Tell me I why. Think, and he hits he hits it a pretty long way. And I'm just attracted to him because he's won the API, and that course success yep. would tend to translate. It's like for the same reasons that I like Hovland that week. He's played very well at Bay Hill. You've got to hit it long. You've got to hit it straight. And if you can putt on Bermuda, I don't see why Kurt shouldn't be one of the, you know, not top 10, top 20, but one of the top, you know, 30, 40 guys in the Keith Mitchell conversation. He's just, he's not really there. So I see that disparity and it's like, I like that as a long shot for me. And I'm really intrigued by his chances this week. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think Bay Bay Hill is a good crossover. You definitely see those long the long irons come into play a lot more there. 
So wouldn't wouldn't shock me at all. I, I know that he's proficient at coastal courses when there ten, when there tends to be wind too. Not sure you're going to totally get that this week, but tough course. There could be some crossover there. I'm going to go with a guy who I picked last week, who I think fits this course very well. It is Gary Woodland, premier ball striker, best long iron player on tour. I'm ready to be hurt again, Gary. I I might as well just play the clip you said last week and put it in there. I don't I don't even want to say anything to this one because I was on board last week. You can't get me there this week, mostly because I don't want to root for the guy. I was so frustrated watching him at a bomber's yeah. paradise be as bad as he was. Couldn't make a putt. What else is new? It's rough. It's very rough. I, I look tough on board st- the woodland train. Statistically, it makes a ton of sense, and I applaud your courage for going back to him. All right. Um, well, since you don't like that one, let me toss you one that you'll you'll certainly like. Cameron Champ, again. Eighth place last week. We're talking long course again. He's finding something. Make a couple putts, kid. He'll be right there. What do you think Cameron Champ's chances are of missing the cut? Missing the cut? Yeah. Very high. I would agree. It was fun watching him and great call by you. We honestly, we didn't do a good recap because we couldn't get a winner, but we put out some guys that played very well and didn't yeah. miss it. And just didn't, didn't get there. Yeah. Kevin Tway was the only miscut of 10, 11 names that we threw out. So yeah, he missed up. I think he missed it by one. Yeah. Kudos to us on that. Sure. It won't keep up. Cam champ. I'm telling you. I did this last Why week, not? but you got me on board. Why, Why not? not? Why not? Cam Champ. Let's do it. Your 2023 it Wells Fargo winner. The Cameron. Um, it'll be the, it'll be a playoff between the Camerons. Cameron Young and Cameron Champ. C. Young. C. Young. Where is Which he in the brings field? Me, he should be. He played well last week. Yeah, he I ended up well I, last week. Look at him. He, he played well last week. Yeah, he did. Yeah, the the wrong Cam Young. So I I'm gonna toss these names out. I don't think they deserve a ton of time, but they just caught my eye because they are very very long shots. Okay, they would be guys that are playing okay and kind of fit a bit of the mold based on uh, their success this year and how they've been hitting the ball. Number one would be a guy that you know well, broke my heart earlier this year, Eric Cole. Oh, yeah. Bermuda guy. Bermuda guy. And he actually has sneaky distance. He hits this, I didn't know that. This, dr- this draw that spins. And he played well last week at Mexico. So he, he, he doesn't have the carry of some of these other guys. So if it's wet, it could be an issue. Um, he's got a nasty pull that came up at the end of Honda and then yep. also made its way out in Mexico. He's obviously not one of the better players in the field, but long shot Bermuda guy played pretty well this year. I like his chances. Yeah. Make a My few pots. You never know. Aaron Rye and Davis Thompson. We're oh, really reaching DT. here. 
Rye has put together a sneaky good campaign. Hole in one at the players. String of first round leaders. He was uh, tied for it at Zurich or one off at Zurich. And then he uh, led the, what was the tournament? The RBC Heritage. Different course. This is the wrong fit for him. Again, just a guy that's playing pretty well that I'll take a chance on. And yeah, actually, I want to be ahead of it. I hope actually is a winner. He's yeah, probably not, not going to win this event, but he's got the star power. You never know when it's all going to come together. I'll uh, keep riding on actually until it's over. I know he's probably not going to win, but another name, James Hahn, uh, fits the crossover. I know. He, I think he's won here before. He definitely won at Riv, which is a big crossover. Um. I don't like him, so, and he's probably not very good anymore. We're just reaching at this point. That's what Pinseekin's yeah, all about. I got about. nothing to say. Yeah, this is. I got. I got nothing good to say anymore. Well, we Cameron, said Cameron we, Young. Cameron Young, the real C Young, the real C Young. Right now, we got we got good good C Young finally playing this week. Order will be restored. All right. Well, this has been an absolute blast. I uh, I have a segment that we're going to debut this week. I'll give a little teaser. It's not keeping up with the Kardashians, but we are going to be keeping <laughs> up with someone. And that Let's someone go. will reveal on episode four of the Pin Seekers podcast. Jacob, you got anything to say before we go? I think you guys know the drill at this point. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Pin Seeker Pod. Um, any interactions we can great. Follow us on Spotify, Five Stars, Spotify, Apple Music. If you can share with anyone or know anyone, any platforms that maybe we're not available on right now, you should be good. Amazon Music, video, whatever they call it. Follow us, please. Anything will be great. All right, guys. Well, this was fun. Uh, looking forward to next week. Hopefully we get a winner of the Wells Fargo and enjoy the good golf. Take care, everyone.